Hi, and welcome to Pineapple Rails. I'm your host, Nia, and on this week's episode, I'll be covering heist movies. Just to elaborate, this will include any kind of movie that deals with taking of money or jewelry, essentially a person or a group of people taking something from another. Stay tuned. For this week's episode, there are multiple movies that I chose. I couldn't decide on one movie. I wanted to highlight quite a few that I thought did a good job of what a heist movie should have. There are one or two that have everything, in my opinion, that a perfect heist should have, or it was just very entertaining of how it was. So some movies on here, it's not going to be just a heist itself. It'll also include other things such as the getaway driver or the plan of how it was executed and all that that encompasses that as well. So what makes a heist movie amazing? In my opinion, to have the ultimate heist movie, you have to really sit down and think about what you like in a heist movie. For me, Obviously, I want something where the people are going to get away in a believable way. So I want a solid plan. I want to see execution. I want to hear detail. I want to know how you're getting in, how you're getting out. How do you know this information? I want to know what you're taking and why. Um, how is it going to be distributed? You know, what is your plan to get away? Is it a one and done deal? Are you guys professional um, thieves? Or it's kind of like a one time thing. Oh, we're all broke. Let's get some money real quick. You know, does everybody have a role? Or is it just a smash and grab kind of job? Um, and in my opinion, the best heist movies are ones that have a solid plan. So, that being said, my top three films, in my opinion, that are the best heist movies will be Ocean's Eleven that came out in 2001, directed by Steven Soderbergh. The Town that came out in 2010, written and directed by Ben Affleck. And Inside Man, directed by Spike Lee that came out in 2006. The reason why I love all three of these films is because the attention to detail throughout these films, they do not drop the ball. It is a concise plan. Everybody has a role. Everybody does their job correctly. And in the end, the goal is is met. The goal is to take something from point A and deliver it to point B. And it is done throughout all of these films. Some are a little bit harder than others to digest or we really empathize with the character. But I do appreciate all these three films for it. Um, if you have not seen any of these films, I highly suggest you see them. And before I dive into those three films in particular, I will go ahead and talk about the other films that I wanted to include and highlight for individual reasons. Now, these films that I'm going to talk about, they're not all over the best heist movies, but they had really nice elements that I wish, wow, this was really good. Why couldn't we make something else good? And then some are just fun heist movies. So jumping into those fun heist movies, 
I'm going to start with Sugar and Spice. Sugar and Spice is a very fun teen movie. Came out in 2001. Has a young James Martin in it. And in Sugar and Spice, it stars two teens that it's a cheerleader and a football player. They end up getting pregnant and they realize, wow, these burger flipping jobs aren't really going to pay the bills and support a baby the way that we need it. So her and her friends have this grand idea to rob a bank within a grocery store wearing president mask and doll mask. And it is a hilarious movie. It's really fun. Um, I suggest everybody go ahead and take a gander at that if you have not seen it already. I saw this when I was in, man, like elementary or middle school came out so long ago. But it's I still watch it to the stakes. I think it's just so funny and ditzy and it kind of campy, but it's an all over feel good movie. Another funny heist movie is Logan Lucky, which is loosely based on a true story. And it stars Channing Tatum and Adam Driver. And it also has Daniel Craig in it, which is nice to see Daniel Craig in something other than a James Bond movie. Um, especially because he had a different accent. He had this thick Southern accent. He was very funny in it. Um, he plays a bomb expert. And I just really got a kick out of it. I thought it was really funny and cute. I uh, like, not, I don't want to say cute, but it was, it was really funny. I legitimately laughing out loud. Um, and it takes place in the South. And I love how yet the stereotype of Southerners um, not being intelligent. I love that they allowed them to still have these quote unquote super thick accents, but allowed them to showcase how smart so that people can be with the plan of their going of, of of how they go about things where it may look like some kind of what are you doing man that's not gonna work it's like I promise you I got this and it, it's just it's just it's a really really funny one to watch another one that I liked um that's kind of funny is Baby Driver now Baby Driver the heist itself isn't all that great. It's not, it, it's thought out and we only know that it's thought out because Kevin Spacey's character um, tells the crew the plan. And then in one scene in particular, we hear Ansel, uh, Ansel Elkert's character, Baby, describe what's happened with uh, the plan because Jimmy Fox's character thinks that he's not listening. So he repeats it verbatim from Kevin Spacey's mouth to Jamie Foxx's character to, you know, imply, hey, Though I have headphones in, I hear every single word that was said. Um, the opening of Baby Driver, the chase scene, it's so, as you see, action-packed. And it goes along to a song by the Bell Bottoms. And actually, throughout the film, music is a key factor. And Edgar Wright, the writer and director of this film, um, he debuted at South by Southwest. And I was there, actually, during the panel and the film, and he expressed that he he's been wanting to make a movie to a soundtrack for the longest time, but couldn't really figure out the right one that he wanted to do. And he figured out with Baby Driver, it was the one that he wanted to use to portray this idea. And I think he hit the nail on the head. It was a very unique idea that hasn't been done before. And I loved it. It wasn't cheesy. It wasn't campy. Um, you really cared about the characters in the movie, particularly cared about Baby and his and his uh, 
father and the things that he's going through. And you're really rooting for him the entire time throughout the movie from start to finish. But it is super action-packed with these chase scenes and they just need to be highlighted. But it's very, very good. So if you're looking for a movie that has really good chase scenes, I highly suggest Baby Driver with a good soundtrack along with it. After that, let's go ahead and roll into Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves was really good. And I highlight Den of Thieves more so for the ending. Um, I thought the ending was really, really good. But throughout the film, it's, 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 it's good too. What I liked about Den of Thieves is you have ex-military doing this. And if you know, if you are military or ex-military or military affiliated, it won't take you too long when you first start this film to realize these guys have to be military because of the way that they're talking, how they're executing their plans. They're they're just so tight and laser focused. They have um, nonverbal commands locked down to the T, which is really nice to see with this, you know, quote unquote band of misfits. And I really like that because the police are always like, five steps behind them of not really knowing what they were doing or what their next plan was and so I did like that aspect of it it because in my opinion if you had military men that are going to go ahead and take a take over a bank or rob a bank I, I feel like they would easily do it no it wouldn't be hard for them because they already have tactical experience and know how to execute a plan and they know how to work together and they know who to take point on who should take point on certain things so I sort of really liked about this movie and I love the ending because I've watched this movie now three times because I watched In a Thieves the other night and this is like for a refresher and when I watch it a second time I'm looking for a little itty bitty clues to see could I is there any foreshadowing for the end of the movie there is foreshadowing. It's one line that's said by O'Shea Jackson when he's in the first scene that we see him in the bar, but it, it's not thick enough for you to put all the clues together and figure it all out. We're we're learning the end of the movie with Gerard Butler's character when he's pieced together like, oh, that's what happened and this, oh man, he's not even here, like that, that kind of thing. So I didn't ruin it too, too much for you. So if you haven't seen Den of Thieves yet, I highly suggest you go see it. I think O'Shea Jackson Jr. did a really good job in this film too. Um, I look forward to other films by him. He has a few a few movies under his belt now, but he was with some pretty heavy contenders in this film that they, ha they already have a strong track record. So I think he did a pretty good job against that. And after that, I want to go ahead and talk about Public Enemies lightly. I like Public Enemies. It's based on a true story about a man named John Dillinger and his life of crime. Um, so you can't really mess that movie. You can't really spoil that movie. I mean, you can read about this guy online. But I think everybody should go ahead and check check Public Enemies out if you have not seen it yet. It's a period piece. They do a very good job of the costumes and um, the set design and the accents. It's, it really trans it really teleports you into that time period, which is really nice, which is what you want from a period piece. You do not want to see any bit of the new world. And they do a really good job of executing that and getting this character down to a science. Johnny Depp, as always, is amazing. And he does a really good job. So if you haven't seen Public Enemies, go ahead and check that one out as well. And after that, I want to go ahead and talk about 
set it off. So I had set it off on here as an honorable mention and some people might be thinking, boo, why, it's so good. Look, set it off is a hood classic. I already know it's a good film, but let's be real. Overall, they had a bad plan. <laughs> it was not executed well. They did not have an appointed leader. And it just, it kind of clashed in, in, in some parts. And Queen Latifah's character, I love her character, Cleo, but Cleo was reckless. Cleo didn't care. Cleo was the getaway driver, but like, you know, Cleo always had to do the thing with the CDs and toss them out the window. And that literally was what became their downfall because someone was like, hmm, at every crime scene, there are CDs. I wonder why. Let me go ahead and take some prints off it. It's like, well, no, duh that makes sense and it's just like the scene where frankie is running and she can see jada pinkett character um smoky you know waiting for her around the buses and then the detective comes out and you know he's like basically caught her like come on give it up you know like let's make it easy and jada is looking at her and vivica's looking back at her like you know well it was it's been a nice ride you know and and that's it and Jada is shaking her head like, no, come on, don't do this. And she pulls her gun out on the detective and she repeats the same line he told her in the beginning when she got robbed at gunpoint. What's the procedure? And from that, you know, as we know, Frankie, Frankie was done. I I love I love this so much, but it hurt because I'm just like, man, Frankie, no. <laughs> I think we all kind of, you know, was hurt when Frankie when Frankie was gone, and it just it really sucked, and it it sucked because you're seeing Jada Pinkett care Jada Pinkett Smith's character seeing this, she can't help her friend. Her friend knows it's the end of her demise, and she's just like, you know what? Go ahead, sis. It's okay. You know what I mean? Like at least one of us is getting out. That at least that's what I took from the scene, you know, and. It sucks that they all died in the end, but at least at least one person got away. But at the end, it's like, what did she really get? She can't go back to America because to to, to go see her man Blake Underwood. She her brother's dead. All her friends are dead. She has all this money and she's alone. So it's a very very bitter. I don't want to say bittersweet. It's a very bitter end because how would you feel if you went through all this BS? lost all these people for money and now you're by yourself with all this money it's sad but i do like it i just wanted to highlight it that it is a good movie overall um a few another a few that other people mentioned that they excuse me a few movies that people wanted me to mention i have not personally seen seen this movie in its entirety, I've watched bits and pieces of it. I just never finished it for a reason. And that's Snatch. But I've heard, I've heard good things. Um, also, Now You See Me, I think, was a really good movie, too. Um, I just didn't put it in here because I didn't think it was, like, overall that great. And ugh, I don't want to say overall not that great because I like, I like Now You See Me. I love magic movies. But this one to me wasn't like needs to be top three in a heist movie uh, of, of my list, at least. But I think Now You See Me is really good, too. 
Another film I want to highlight is Christopher Nolan's Inception that came out in 2010. Inception is a different kind of heist movie. It's very unique, which I don't see another director being able to do something in this kind of tone. Maybe I'm wrong and, and I'll, I'll be proven wrong and we can find out something later. But I loved how different it was because it's a heist of the mind. Something that we think we have to ourselves is kind of a secret. And Christopher Nolan easily shatters that and lets us know, no, dream sharing is a thing. And you can be infiltrated whether you know it or not. I loved how they explained about lucid dreaming and how it works and how you can create things in your own mind. And when Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio's character explained how to plant an idea in someone's mind to Ellen Page's character, I really like that as well because it does reflect the real life too. If you want someone to do something and you flat out tell them to do it, if they're more of a rebellious person and they want to have their own voice, they're more inclined to tell you no. But if you are careful about your word choices and you make this person think that it's their idea where they form it and they come to you and they tell you exactly what you wanted to hear anyway, it's even better because now this person thinks it's of their own free will. And that's what I love about this movie too, is it does play with the with, with our with our free will of if we have it or if we don't. And um, it is definitely a bending of the mind with the camera work and this new type of world that none of us know the rules to. They do explain it to us, but obviously going in, we don't know the rules at first. And we're amazed by how time is slowed down in this compared to others. So it does make for a very tricky yet very interesting heist movie. This next film on my list will have you asking the question, who is Kaiser Soze? And that'll be 1995's The Usual Suspect, directed by Brian Singer. This movie has one of the best villain reveals that you literally have no idea until the last minute of this movie. I will not ruin it for anybody. I, I highly suggest everybody to go watch a trailer on YouTube and then go ahead and catch the movie if you can. It is so good. It is a classic. If you are a movie lover or a movie buff, you have to have this in your catalog. It is a must. So I will not ruin it for anybody. All you need to know is it is about a jewelry heist gone wrong. The finger is pointing at everybody. And it is your goal to pay close attention to details to figure out if you can guess who Kaiser Soze is. A movie that is technically a heist movie but we don't get to see the actual heist itself, is Quentin Tarantino's 1992 Reservoir Dogs. And Reservoir Dogs was his first movie ever. It debuted at Sundance Film Festival to, oh my goodness, so much acclaim and rounds of applause, which is very great for the first time you ever put a movie out. And Tarantino had just gone up from that point. And um, I love this film, even though it's you don't get to see the heist itself. We get to hear about it. We get to see the details of the plan that they're going to do. We get to we get to hear how they're going to do certain things, you know. And I I do like that. And when I first watched, I was like, you know, where's the heist? Where 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 are they? Why 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 haven't they cut to the heist yet? 
But then you realize you don't need it in the film itself because the heist isn't telling you anything. You you have all the information you need to know already. Is the, the, the point is, hey, we went to go do something. We've all, you know, know our roles. We all have what we're supposed to do. But something went wrong. This should have went off flawless. But somebody messed up. Or did they? No one messed up. Someone snitched. There's a rat in the group. And the question throughout the whole movie is, who is the freaking rat? And you're playing along with them trying to figure out who it is until Tarantino decides, you know what? I'm going to let you in on who the rat is. And when we get to know who the rat is, you know, we're, we're let in this little window of secrecy. And it's pretty cool because now we get to see how this person devised a plan to turn on these men. And he goes undercover and he has to, you know, build a profile and, and, and make it believable and make these people really think that he's with them and thick of thieves. And I really like how that how it was executed and they how the transition of him being coached by another police officer and then him actually doing it in front of, in front of the group of thieves that he's with and them really hanging on to his every word, truly believing him, the small little details, the, the small little BS details that he gives in the story really sells it. And it's really nice to kind of see how easy it is to kind of dupe somebody so i do like i I do like that about it so go ahead and watch it this is a star-studded movie i think it's great if you're a tarantino lover you've never seen this film you gotta start with the original tarantino before you get to the, the the tarantino that we know and love today okay so go ahead and start with reservoir dogs i don't think that you will be upset for watching it um and in true Tarantino fashion, it is gory, obviously lots of F-bombs, but it is so, so good of a movie. I cannot stress that enough. The top three heist movies of my choosing. Again, my choosing. You have your top, I have my top. Now, at number three, and this is hard for me out of these three movies, but I'm putting this next movie at number three due to it not truly being realistic i looked this i looked into it and i looked into the the research of it and technically it's not truly possible it's extremely hard to rob a vegas casino since they have so much security um because they know people are going to be super tempted or they're going to be you know inebriated and and and, and get kind of crazy so it's going to be 2001's oceans 11 directed by steven soderbergh and the goal in this movie is to rob three Las Vegas casinos simultaneously, which would be the Bellagio, the MGM Graham, and the Mirage, which is all owned by Terry Benedict. And they all share one vault. The total haul, if they were pulled off, is $150 million. Now, the reason why I'm highlighting Ocean's Eleven is purely off of the execution and detail that this crew has. And I mean minor details of making sure that they have someone who is working in the casino and not that they just started a month ago so it looks suspicious they may have started nine months ago they could have been there they could be there for a year and a half by now but they're not on someone's radar for suspicious activity and i just i just loved loved how how 
detailed the, the, the story was, how the plot was, how they put all these little pieces together to make to make something work. Now the downside of this is that is a big crew to handle this to handle this deal, which you do need a large crew to be able to make this plan work. And obviously in this movie they do get they they do achieve the goal that they're that they're trying that they're trying to reach, but it's just under such extreme circumstances. You know, it's they have a Chinese acrobat for God's sake in there. What person do you know that's heisting that's going to that's going to steal money from a bank or wherever and they have to hire someone that's an acrobat you know more likely you're gonna hear someone's like a a a demolition expert or uh ex-military for ops or something like that but they have a very eclectic band of men that come together for this film it's very funny it's very charismatic jokes all throughout the way it's star-studded has brad pitt george clooney julia roberts uh don Cheadle, bernie mac rest in peace it's just so good and oceans 12 and 13 are good as well oceans 8 it's pretty pretty decent pretty decent um but out of all four of the of the recent ocean movies i feel like oceans 11 is the best just because of that execution was flawless and they had to be so meticulous in the details of it coming in at number two is 2010's the town directed by ben affleck now if you have not seen the town oh the town is if not one of the most perfect heist movies on my i cannot stress it enough if I mention this movie and someone hasn't seen it, immediately I want to press play and have them watch it and watch their face as they're seeing like how good these guys are at their job. It's it's so it's so good. And this is part of Ben Affleck's like comeback. It was this. It was Argo. He was doing like a string of really good movies that he was acting well in, directing well in. He wrote well, well, uh, well in, and it was it was really beautiful to see. And he did a really good job of the Boston accent in this movie, as did Jeremy Renner. Um, Jer- Jeremy Renner did some really deep research for for the, the accent in this role, and he nailed it. Uh, you you kind of get lost in where Jeremy Renner begins and where his character begins because they blend so seamlessly together. You forget that you're actually watching um, him on screen. So the town is the goal. Of the town is to rob Benway Park the following Monday after a busy weekend. The total haul they pull it off three million dollars. And I will say spoiler alert because I do want to get deep into the town. And if you haven't seen it, then, you know, flash for a little bit so that you don't get it ruined. But I wanted to dive into this deeper than I wanted to dive into Ocean's Eleven. I guess because Ocean's Eleven has so many moving parts, you do need to watch it once or twice, max maybe three times to really remember and know all the moving pieces that were in it. Or as I feel the town, they do a good job of pacing where you can retain the information easier and there is some comedic relief in between. So uh, in the town, it's kind of like tradition in Boston where if, you're, if your father was a bank robber, then you're a bank robber. And so in this film, um, Ben Affleck's character, Doug, he's basically the guy that makes all the plans for, for, their, for the heist in this movie. 
this team is very calculated because they look like ordinary guys that that are from Boston. I think you would you know think they wouldn't be that meticulous in what they're doing, but these guys know what they know what to do. They know they know how not to get caught. They know the routes. You know they know the people. It was very very smart, and I love that they allowed these quote unquote street characters to be intelligent and not be stupid, not make these super careless mistakes. And I remember the the first scene in this movie, they rob a bank and when they're leaving, they douse everything in bleach to get rid of any DNA that's maybe left behind. And if it is left behind, it's damaged and it's not admissible in court. So when I first watched it, I thought that was so smart because I've never seen that before in a film. And I would, I would personally never think about think about that either and if you ever watch a show first 48 and um there is a there is a part on first 48 where someone torched a car lit a car on fire and they had a detective come out and he was investigating the crime scene looking around they're like oh you know the the car is torched this is what they're telling the detective they're like the car is torched you can't get any evidence from it's all charred he said no it's not you can still lift prints and dna out of here which just because it's something's burned doesn't mean that the evidence is gone. That's something that I learned. So it is smart that they to to mix it. And there is a scene in town where they do bleach they do bleach a car down and they light it on fire. And it just infuriates the police officers and infuriates FBI because they're like, Oh my goodness, these guys are thinking about everything. They have the route plan, they have a backup route, they have people that they paid ahead of time to keep their mouth shut or move money for them they know how to wash the money around town these men are very calculated these these men are very smart they move in, in a certain path and because ben apple's character doug does a good job of keeping them on path that's why they're not in trouble and they're not anyone's radar now in the town the issue comes when in the first scene when they take uh, a hostage and Ben Apple's character ends up getting kind of a little bit of a crush for her and kind of trying to you know date her and Jeremy Renner's character is like uh like what's what are you what's what are you doing he's just like I you know I'm just, you know, just making sure she doesn't know anything you know and uh we kind of realize that this is going to, not kind of, we definitely realize that this might be the reason why or how they may possibly get caught because this girl may recognize her voice or may recognize a tattoo and she may go to the FBI and say, hey, I think I'm seeing the guy that robbed the bank kind of thing. Um, but again, this movie, it's just, they do everything so well. I can't, nitpick I can't pick it apart because there is nothing that they did wrong they did everything correct I loved I just I just love the attitude of the characters I think everybody in this movie really embodied their character correctly I loved that the accents sounded authentic that's such a big that's such a big thing I love that they actually went to Boston they 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 mixed and mingled and really tried to get certain regional accents it was it was very it was very good in that I also want to highlight Jeremy Renner again in this movie only because he just does this good job of being that 
crazy out there friend who's down for whatever whenever no matter what no matter if you asked him to be there and do it or not he's there for you and we all need a friend like that or we all have a friend like that I know I have quite a few that are like that and I just he's kind of crazy but he's like a lovable crazy you realize he when he cares about someone he really cares about that person he'll do anything for that person and Doug or Dougie as he calls him sometimes is his true ride or die they he would do anything for this man no matter what they are brothers you know not like brothers they are brothers definitely for sure and there's a scene in particular where Doug comes to Jim and he says, hey, I need you to do something for me and I don't need you to ask me any questions about it now or ever. And he just looks at him and he just says, okay, so whose car are we taking? And I just love it because that's just how that character is. He's down to do something for his friend, no questions asked at a drop of a hat. And it just shows you how this character is and i really really appreciate appreciate it so if you had the time go ahead and check out the town it's available across multiple platforms for my final film i decided to choose inside man directed by spike lee which came out in 2006. now this movie is extremely star-studded it stars denzel washington as detective keith frazier Clive Owen as Dalton Russell, Jodie Foster as Madeline White, Christopher Plummer as author Case, William Defoe as Captain John Davis, and Chuitel Ejafor as Detective Bill Mitchell. Now, this is a different type of heist movie in the fact of the the plan that the robbers had was executed extremely well. So let's go ahead and try to dive into just a little bit of this movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, definitely spoilers ahead. I didn't go too deeply into the other films, but I do want to go deeply into this one just to talk about why this movie is essentially perfect because they thought about everything. Um, the, it, it, it wasn't, there, there were no loose ends. There wasn't, oh, well, this could have happened or that could have happened. They actually sat down and had a very well plan, a very good plan. And in the beginning of the movie, it opens to Dalton and he is talking about why he's doing what he's doing, essentially. And it's a it's a lot of monologue, but it, it, it has key details in there that are telling you what's going to happen. And he even says multiple times, once to Jodie Foster's character, and once to Denzel Washington's character, when they ask him, well, how do you plan on getting out if you're going to walk out the front door? And he calmly replies, yes, that's exactly what I intend to do, is walk out the front door. And it's something so subtle because throughout this entire film, you know, seeing this hostage negotiation and the situation in its entirety, as an audience, we can't possibly see a way out of here. And I think it's because we're thinking in the conventional way of heist movies we're thinking you know there's no way that you can sneak out of here it's not possible they had the place heavily guarded there's police around the whole block there's no way you're getting out of here so the way this movie starts is it starts with um these quote-unquote painters coming to the bank to do a job and they come in very calm and they disable the cameras using flashlights and they zip tie the doors locked and that's and that's when the robbery starts 
and um, I loved how calm they came in. They didn't, you know, cause too much of a ruckus. Um, a passing officer noticed that there was smoke coming from the building because one of the robbers put off a smoke bomb. And when the officer goes to shut the door, Dalton comes out. He's masked at this point, but he comes out, points the gun at the cop and lets him know, hey, we have hostage hostages and we intend to do whatever is necessary and that's what kind of starts off this hostage negotiation and that cop goes and calls um you know the the force wants everybody know hey we have a robbery in progress like how are we going to handle this and that is when uh keith detective keith frazier comes into play he is a hostage negotiator well he's a a detective but he does well a hostage negotiation as well so they go ahead and bring him in now he's already on thin ice from a previous case that he had and they assumed that he stole money a large amount of funds which is one hundred forty thousand dollars that is unaccounted for from a previous case so he's already on thin ice with iab iab if you don't know is internal is a internal affairs bureau which is for it's basically the police for the police that after they do something they go ahead and review their case to make sure things squared away and the only reason i know what iab is iab is is because i watch a lot of law and order svu and criminal intent back in my day and i still watch law and order svu because it's a good show and uh, i've been watching it since i was like eight years old but anyway um they they go ahead and bring him in the captain's like hey you know i'm, I'm throwing you a bone go ahead and knock it out the park you know this, this should this should be an easy deal and detective frazier realizes while he's working this case this is not gonna be something quick and done he's not gonna be able to go home to his girlfriend tonight it's gonna be a long ride because these robbers mean business and they have a concise plan um, so what they do that I liked is they got all the hostages um, downstairs and they separated them and they took their keys and their cell phones and they separated them by men and women. They had them stripped down to their underwear and put on the same outfit that all the gunmen were wearing, which is a blue uh, workman's onesie kind of outfit with a mask and sunglasses. And I thought that was a very smart idea to have everybody blend in so that you have no idea who's actually the bad guy and who are the who are the good guys. And they did a lot of trickery throughout that with the hostages themselves of the hostages don't know who who really is a, is a good guy and who really is a bad guy. I thought that was a very smart idea. Now Throughout the movie, they're mixing in interviews that happen after the robbery takes place with the hostages. And they're asking them questions like, what happened? What did you see? Can you tell me what's going on? And I loved how that was uh, woven through the story. It really helped push the narrative along where it didn't make it boring. It made it very entertaining that we're getting this eyewitness point of view or what this person's thinking and while we're watching it we don't know if we're watching a hostage recall their statement and the trauma they faced or if it's a robber and they're putting on a very very good facade and I love that we got to see that 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 process so the bank is owned by Arthur Cage Arthur Cage is a very wealthy man who does a lot of charity work throughout the city and he calls Jodie Foster's character, Madeline White, to help with the robbery in place. 
he owns this bank and he has a safety deposit box and he has contents in there that he is concerned about getting stolen and he calls her in to kind of handle that situation for him at any cost so she comes in and she's kind of like a hot shot you know kind of things that her shit doesn't stink and she goes in and she talks to Clive Owen's character Dalton regarding like oh you know we can make things easy you want a plane we can get you a plane and and you can get out of here and we'll, we'll put two million dollars in your account all you need to do is leave the contents of this safety deposit box alone um I'm not going to say what was in the safety deposit box. I think that's a nice reveal to see if you actually watch the movie itself. But it is um, a very big deal. Because what's in this safety deposit box is detrimental to this man's legacy, to this man's career. And if it were to get out what was contained inside, it would ruin him. And I do like that they didn't linger too long with, with us knowing, like, what, what's in the box, you know? Like, like this isn't seven. We get to know what's in the box in a decent amount of time because there's no reason for him to withhold that information. So when Jodie Foster's character, when she tries to push up on Clive Owen's character, he's like, you're trying to buy me and I'm not going to be bought. I already know what you're looking for. I'll show you what it is. I already know what it is. And there's nothing you can give me to make me stop you know this because if um if I know someone else knows because she does ask him well how do you know how did you get this information and he said it doesn't matter someone told me and now I'm here and and it is what it is and Arthur Cage's character is trying to bury something that happened years ago that shouldn't have happened in the first place and he regrets it but what I like about it, about this film, and then about this in part in particular is it is a very hard lesson of telling us, be careful what you do, because you, he, whether he knew it or not, uh, Arthur Cage's character, he sold his soul for pennies on the dollar, you know, and at the time you may have thought it was a, a good amount of money, but there's a line he says at towards the end of Jodie Foster's character, and he says that he, he sold his soul and he's been trying to buy it back ever since. And I love that line because you can see the morality in this old man of he's not scared of death in particular. He's scared he's worried that he can't right the wrongs of his past and he's been trying desperately to do that for the past few decades and that's why he's really doing charity work and that's why he donates to certain organizations and why he is kind of a philanthropist because he's trying to re- he's trying to pay his sins off so I do like how they they lump that together and that's where I'm going to stop with this movie I, I didn't give too too much away you could still watch it and not and not have it ruined for you those are my top heist movies i was going to go ahead and review them in case anybody wanted to go ahead and watch them and they don't want to go back and rewind and figure out all the names of the movies let's go ahead and start with public enemies set it off baby driver logan lucky sugar and spice the usual suspects den of thieves reservoir dogs inception oceans 11 the town and inside man I 
thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Pineapple Rails. On next week's episode, I'll be diving into 2007's Death Proof, which is written and directed by the one and only Quentin Tarantino. It is a very amazing film that did not get enough recognition, and I am definitely going to dive into this badass movie with a band of ladies. Thank you.